Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and wonderful Wednesday, Tuesday morning. I didn't think what day it was. It's pretty pitiful, ain't it? So uh, anyway, hope everybody's doing well. I thought I'd play that for Jennifer since she uh, asked for the uh, Crowder song. I wish I could play stuff like that all the time, but stupid uh, Facebook, uh, they tag anything that's even remotely close to copyright, and uh, so I have to play Dagon Elevator music or some goofy, boring thing out there uh, because uh, they uh, will tag it and they'll block the video from going out. I mean, they will literally block it. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. So. Wish I could play stuff, but hopefully that little snippet there, I don't think will, will, they will do anything. Hopefully. <laughs> Who knows? But anyway, see what we got watching this morning. We got Miss Amy Oaks Turner, Tracy Little, Darlene Barker. We got, uh, let's start this. Oh, Angel Dixon, uh, Jennifer Corby Williams, Amy Oaks Turner. Oh, I already said hi to Amy, but say hi again. <laughs> Mike Hensley, Brandy Boyd Young, and we love you too, Miss Jennifer. Uh, let's see, Debbie Jackson Saab, Kelly Jeanette Swift, and Jennifer Honeycutt. So, got a lot watching this morning. Appreciate you tuning in. And, uh, but yeah, if you know of any good um, non-copyright music, I talked to Dan Britt uh, uh, Sunday for, a couple of Sundays ago, and he said that uh, Fortress had some original stuff that he'd make me a copy of the CD that they had so I could play it without it getting tagged. And he hadn't got it to me yet, so maybe I could get to at least have something a little more jazzier to play uh, prior to coming on and uh, uh, that way give you, say, give you something to, to wake up to besides a good piping hot cup of coffee. I love to have my coffee in the morning. So, All right, my friends, uh, at this time, if you are able and can, let us stand and let us do our Pledge of Allegiance this morning. I pledge allegiance to the American flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one Savior, crucified, risen, and coming again, with life and liberty to all who believe. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word, I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path and will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Alrighty, praise God. We get to say those wonderful pledges each and every morning and uh, that we have the freedom to do so. And I tell you what, it's really uh, uh, hard to see what's going on uh, over there where Russia's trying to take over and uh, bombing uh, there in Ukraine. Uh, even the uh, government headquarters are trying to send out mercenaries trying to kill the president uh, over there. And uh, it's uh, it's crazy. It really is crazy times we're living in. And uh, I think it's very indicative that we're in the last days, that's for sure. But I tell you, it was um, it's really heart-touching. Uh, See, so they don't want any uh, men, it wasn't for the ages of what, 18 to 60 or something like that, or 20 to 60 or something. Anyway, uh, to leave Ukraine, they're all allowed to leave. They need them there to fight. And it was tough seeing a, a video of this uh, man, he's telling his, putting his son on a train, and uh, his wife and that little boy just crying his eyes out, uh, saying bye to his daddy on that train. And uh, that was that was heart touching, it really was, uh, to see that. And people are, uh, I tell you, just uh, died and 
the fear. I couldn't imagine what they're going through. I mean, you got to think. I mean, it'd just be like if they, you know, some foreign invader decided to, you know, come in and try to take over Tennessee. But, you know, as tough as Ukraine is, I hate for them to try to come into Tennessee. Hey, some crazy rednecks that live in this area. <laughs> that would uh, definitely be a, a bad, uh, bad scenario there. So, they, uh, they, they would be be bad. But anyway, it uh, we need to be praying for Ukraine and uh, praying for this situation to dissolve. But the bad thing that is is we have a weak president. It's obvious the spineless uh, president that we have, uh, his uh, inability to uh, react and take the proper uh, steps to to ensure our safety and to do what's right, but uh, because, well, again, you know, he's just a puppet. He don't he, even you know what, where he's at and what's going on. So it's it's bad, guys, and we, we look so weak to the world. And uh, it's very interesting how uh, that under Trump that we didn't have to worry about these kind of things. And I uh, don't think we'd have to be fooling with it now if Trump was in office. But, oh, well, I like what the meme somebody put out there said, uh, this is what happens when you get a president through the mail. There's a lot more truth in that than people realize. But anyway, let's go ahead and look at our verse of discussion this morning. We're looking at John chapter 15, verse 19. So if you have your Bibles handy and want to look that up and uh, mark that in your Bibles, that would be fantastic. And if you don't, and that's fine as well. But it says, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And I'd like to take it just a step further and uh, read uh, uh, the following verse after that. If my pages quit sticking together on my Bible. Uh, it says, uh, remember the word that I said to you. Let's see. Yeah, and remember the word that I said to you, a servant is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. All right, and uh, sorry, I was trying to make sure I was reading the right verse. My pages kept sticking together, and then started reading it. It didn't seem right at first, but uh, that was the right one. But anyway, uh, you know, uh, and of course, you go on back up to verse 18. If the Lord hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. You know, it is... Uh, uh, very interesting, I guess, when you look at uh, how the world looks at us as Christians, how the world hates us, abuses us, and despises us with, uh, you know, it, it don't, <laughs> don't take a rocket scientist to see how we're hated, and uh, particularly if you're a uh, uh, conservative Christian, you are definitely hated more than uh, you realize, and uh, it's, 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 well, look at those out there. Was it uh, when Trump was running for office, and uh, there were conservatives out there, and they were you know, marching or whatever, and people were throwing. Uh, was it one girl they showed? Uh, somebody threw an egg at her and attacked her because she was uh, a Trump supporter, and uh, uh, another man was attacked because he had a uh, "Make America Great" hat on again. So, you know, it's just indicative to me, you know. Trump had his problems. I'm not saying he was the greatest thing in the world. I mean, but he was far better than what we got in there now. But it, to me, it's addictive of the behaviors of the world. You know, if they're going to have that kind of hate towards something as, as you know, who you support for president, it's not a, it, it's not just a very small step for them to want to go after and attack Christians. You know, again, 
we are looked at as people who are, you know, we to the world, all right, we look like hate mongers, judgmental, homophobes, you know, that's all, you know, we, we have all the labels out there. And those are the labels people use to shut us down. See, that's what they want. See, when you say something that they feel is disparaging against same sex or, or whatever out there, they get so offended, they want to go on the attack, and yet they hold themselves superior. You know, so if we were to ret retaliate because of the way they, way we, we may feel about what they think, we're the bad guys. You ever notice the double standards for liberals? You know, for liberals, anything goes. That's why I call it liberal privilege. Well, it's not just me. I've heard other people say it as well. But it, they can say and do whatever they want, fine. But if you was to say anything similar or react in, in like in these situations, then we are demonized. You know, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's insanity. But what it boils down to is that um, you have to realize understand they are brought under guilt they are brought under conviction and so when they see you they see what you represent it brings out more so that guilt it brings out more so those feelings uh, that they're dealing with and they're trying to normalize all right it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight or whatever the sin that they are wanting to enjoy they want to normalize and we bring that light into that darkness that's why they have such heavy resentment that's why they have such hate that's why Christ is saying here they hated me all right it's me that they hate so they see Christ within us that's why they hate us because they're filled with guilt you see if they can eliminate Christians see that's why socialism communism that's why they want to eliminate anything in regards to Christianity because that stands and flies to the face of everything that communism is because communism at its core is nothing but an atheist religion and so we are in the way of those things and that's why they want to sanction and get and, and stop anything in regards to Christianity and that's why uh, that, uh, maybe I've been harping a lot about this in regards to being bold for Jesus Christ because it concerns me at the weakness and the cowardice of so many Christians. You know, we don't want to go out there and hurt, purposely hurt anybody. All right, I'm not saying that. We are to speak the truth in love. I'm not saying that. But too many Christians are not bold. They are. They are not brave. They do not stand for what is right, for what is true. Because as soon as they are recalled a, a word of, of judgmental, what do you say? You automatically see retreat. And they, oh, no, no, I'm not judgmental. No, no, uh, my daddy said not to judge, and I don't judge. You know, that kind of bunch of baloney, ooh, makes you so mad if you see straight. You know, I, I just, it, it just infuriates me. Because we are to judge. We're to judge righteously by the same way we are supposed to be judged. That's why I hate that so bad, because we're using it out of context. The only thing we don't judge, all right, is if somebody says that they are saved, then we have to take that for face value. However, there, to me, there is an aspect of judgment in the fact that if they're not bearing fruit, if they're not showing a sign of change, then and they're showing an evidence of that to truly turn the life of the Lord, then that brings under suspect of, you know, do they really understand? Do they really uh, get saved or not? But we are to judge. We have to judge between right and wrong. So, you know, this erroneous uh, uh, belief, you know, right, there's a difference between dogma and doctrine. And, you know, I think a lot of people have brought up with traditions that are not biblical. And I think that's where you get a lot of uh, legalistic behaviors and ideals uh, that have infiltrated into the church and minds of Christians that is not biblical, but they think because of tradition that that is where they have to be uh, dogmatic at. 
and uh, we have to realize that hey, this is this is biblical. We have to stand for what is right. We have to stand against what is wrong, and that's why so much of this immoral behavior has infiltrated our world. Uh, and, and because Christians refuse to stand up because they don't want to offend. That's what I was going to get that Sunday night a little bit. When I look around and I see a lot of empty seats in the church, it boils down to, that's what I was telling Dad yesterday, you know, we're trying to think of maybe some new programs and ways to, to draw people in. But I said, here's the problem. Now, it's not that I want to keep trying. You know, we have to be fishers of men, all right? So we have to have the right kind of bait to, to, to lure people to Jesus Christ, all right? It's not a, a, a type of treachery or trickery. Uh, I think a lot of people are under the impression that, uh, um, well, they don't, they don't get the full amount of truth, okay? That they uh, they think that, uh, okay, if I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want nothing but peace, prosperity, goodness, all these things that they think is going to happen in our lives. And yes, God is peace. God will give you strength. God will give you encouragement. However, you have changes in your life you have to make. And the devil don't like that. It's a spiritual battle. And I've seen a lot of people get saved. And man, they may have death in their family like never before. One person after another. I mean, literally, one person after another in their family is just crazy. They lose their jobs. Or, you know, it's just, it, it, it's insanity. You know, they're looking at me like, you know, I got saved. Why is this happening? And, and I have to explain to them. The devil don't like it. He's under attack. He's, he's, he don't want you to be close to the Lord. He's doing these things to try to prevent your relationship with Christ. And maybe you're being put through trials to strengthen you and to help teach you something in your life. You know, who knows why these things are happening. So they don't always get the, the full aspect of the Christian walk. And But anyway, the, what I was trying to tell Dad was, you know, it's not that I won't, don't want to keep trying to think of ways to bring people to the Lord, that we want to do that, you know, and I want to explain to them what Christ offers them, and I want to explain to them Jesus Christ and salvation. I want to see those who are already saved to grow. But the problem is, the core problem in the, in that is going to happen is that they, the most majority of people, I'll tell you right now, if we changed our format and we started uh, not talking about anything as far as uh, that would make you feel convicted of your sins. Don't talk so much about hell. Uh, made it more entertaining, uh, more jokes, more stories. Made the sermon short. Uh, made the, the praise um, more uplifting and upbeat. Uh, talk about things that's going to make you feel better or may encourage you in your job or your marriage. Those kind of things. Have unbelievable programs for your children. I'm telling you, the church, you know, would grow unbelievably. We'd have peace, and you know, we're talking about peace and prosperity and how what God can do for you. And that is, and I'm telling you, the church would grow. But here's the thing, and, and that's what something Dad said, and I agree as well. I'll watch the church fall to the ground for I can do that and compromise the Word of God. I'm going to preach the whole Word of God, and I don't care. If you want truth, come to Fountain Life Bible Church. If you want to hear the truth, you want to hear what God's Word has to say about any you know, controversial topic, you're going to hear the truth about it, all right? We're not going to stray away from that. We're not going to be fearful of that truth because we're worried it's going to hurt your sensibilities. You need to be there, and you need to have sometimes your feelings hurt or your sensibilities um, in question so that you realize that, hey, there are changes I need to make in my life. I'm in need of a Savior. I'm in need of growth. I'm in there's areas of my life I need to change. And that's where we're going to stay, and we're going to stay on the fundamentals, and we're going to stand on the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you don't want that, 
brothers and sisters in Christ, I could tell there's a half a dozen churches a stone's throw away from my house I could send you to that that's all they do. They're going to pat you on the back and they're going to help you justify your sins and you're going to feel good all about yourself. Just giddy. Well, we went to church and we just, you know, it just we had a good, good fun time. And that's all they're about. And that's why the children's programs may be great. Oh, the youth love it. The kids love it. What are they learning? No, what they're learning is how to play games, just have a good time. They're not getting any substance. They're not getting apologetics. They're not getting ways to defend the scripture. So when they get into school and some kid question, well, why is homosexuality wrong? Oh, well, I don't know. It's, uh, uh, I guess we're not supposed to be judged. Uh, we're just supposed to love everybody. They have no defense. They can't defend the word of God. And that's the problem when they get into high school. Uh, in fact, it happens before high school in college. And that's why these kids are strained because they don't have the fundamentals. All they went to church to do was have a good time. Man, they had a, a meal. They played games. And it's just fun, fun, fun. But, you know, it's, uh, we have to move beyond that in the church, in our church program, to teach and instruct how to defend God's Word and, and how to understand how cultural society and how it's so contrary to the Word of God and how we have to defend against that and stand true to the Word of God. And that's why the world hates us, hates Christians because of what we stand for, who we represent. That's why they hate us. And then the hate will continue to grow as we see socialism increase, the spread of communism, the spread of carnal, hedonistic desires, perversion being pushed in all angles and areas of our children's lives, our lives. Uh, is, is going to increase because we expose that darkness. We are the light. We should be the salt of the earth, and they hate us for it. So, my friends, we have to stand true. We have to stand strong. And we have to uh, put our best foot forward and realize that the battle that we are in, and we have to keep our eyes of the Lord. You know, the Ukrainians have shown great resolve, and they have fought hard, far harder than the Russians realized would happen. I think they thought they would fall like a crumble, like a house of cards. They'd expect him to fight back. I think that's the problem with too many Christians. They, are, they crumble like a house of cards when the devil attacks. We have to show that same resolve and resilience in Christ Jesus and fight back against those temptations, fight back against those things that causes us to fall. And the only way you can do that is reading your Bible, memorizing Scripture, and spending time in prayer. And when you fall and when you fail, and you will, you pick your fanny back up and you get back into the battle. Man, I fall and fail daily. You know, sometimes I wish I could just run to Jesus, put my bury my head into his chest and say, God in heaven, please just forgive me. Please love me. And I know what? He does love me. You know, I don't have to say that. I know he forgives me. His grace is sufficient. But realize that he's there. He's not going to give up. And we have to keep on fighting and keep on keeping on. Like my good old Papaw said, he said, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and keep on. My friends, we got another thing he said. He said, skin them out. Guys, we got to get out there and skin them out. All right, let's get out there and fight for the Lord and uh, not give up and keep pushing forward. Let the world hate us. Who cares, man? We ain't going to spend eternity here. We spend eternity in heaven. They can hate us all we want. As long as I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do, they can hate me all they want. I can care less. To be honest with you, nine times out of ten, I'd rather just sit at home in my sweatpants anyway. So I don't care if the world does hate me. <laughs> So, but, uh, we got to, but don't give up the fight. Keep pushing forward, my friends. Let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thanks so much for your grace and your mercy. Lord, help us not to be weak. Help us to be strong. Help us to be brave. And help us to be bold. Help us do what is right and holy and honorable in your eyes, Lord. Help us not to give in uh, to cultural mores. And help us, Lord Jesus, not to give in to uh, what society thinks is right. Let us stand on the whole word of God. 
Lord, if there's anyone watching and listening this morning that doesn't know you, let them pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, please be with all my brothers and sisters in Christ who are watching this morning. Please watch over, protect them, keep them safe and well. Be with our kids who are going to school and work today. Watch over, protect them. Lord, I do pray for Rusty and his families are dealing with loss. And Lord, I do pray that you put your mighty hands upon Ginger Hood, bring healing upon her. Ron Thompson, since he's having surgery Friday. And Lord, you've got the doctor's hands that he'll be fine. And Lord, I pray to you with Larry and Don tonight and so many others, Lord. To everyone that I sit out and pray for on social media, Lord, you know the hearts, minds, and needs. It will be done in those situations. Lord, I just pray that you will help us, guide us, direct us, and Lord, let us serve you well this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Well, my friends, I surely appreciate you all for tuning in and watching this morning. I hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching. God bless.